service this morning. We're going to do a little singing.
I got it on, brother. All right. This is not my expertise. So, like I was saying, Brother Elvin is not here this week. Him and uh, Miss Paula went to one, I think it's Elvin's uh, 50th school reunion, whatever you call it. I, I think I've been to one in my lifetime, and I didn't enjoy it the time I went. But Elvin said that he was asked to, to speak, so maybe he can touch someone's heart while he's there and bring someone to the Lord. So, Let's go over the announcements. Something big is coming here is 2023 homecoming. Something that we really love and enjoy at this church. Um, the things to remember is 10 o'clock gathering at the fellowship hall that day. And this is on the 22nd. So what? I don't even know what the date is, but I know it's a couple weeks. So 22nd is our homecoming. 10 o'clock we're gathering for the fellowship. 10.30 will be the gathering for worship just like normal. 12 o'clock, gathering for the meal, fun and games. Um, remember to bring covered dishes, desserts for, for the meal. The church will provide barbecue pork, chicken, and fried chicken. Uh, so make sure we bring all y'all's dishes, because I know I'm looking forward to a lot of y'all's desserts, so make sure y'all fill me up with those desserts. That's my Favorite time of the year is homecoming at church to get some of that good old home-cooked meal. Also, we're doing the Adopt-a-Pew. And what that is is everybody, we need to invite friends, family, whatever. I, I think he said something about we had, did we have a sign-up sheet in the, in the lobby for the Adopt-a-Pew, the Pick-a-Pew? So fill up your pew. In other words, invite family. Invite, some, invite somebody that you know. Hey, we don't care if they never come back again. If nothing else, well, at least we'll have them here to hear the word that one day anyway. So maybe you never know how we're going to touch someone's life. So try to fill up your pew. Remember homecoming offering. We've set a goal this year of $10,000 to be applied to our church renovation. We have spent a ton of money over the past couple of years. Uh, it's the parking lot, the, all the renovations for the drain ponds, the drains around the church. We've just spent a lot of money with HVAC units, and we, we really need to get some help if we can, and I know you, you can. We hate to always ask for money, but you know that's what we got to have to do the Lord's work. So, And plus, you'll be blessed, I guarantee you that. Also, remember to bring the wrap candy for the candy bags. We're not doing the trick-or-treat this year. Uh, I think I've been explained sort of how it's going to work. I get it messed up, I'm sure, but we're going to be handing out candy to the children, I think, after the meal. Is that what we're going to do on homecoming? So that way they'll get their candy and we won't have to incur an extra expense that we don't need for the trunk or treat. I, I know some people probably look forward to it, but still, the kids will get what they need out of it. You know, we, it's not about the parents. It's, up, it's basically for the kids anyway. So the deadline for the candy to be collected is October 18th. That's the Wednesday before homecoming. So bring your bag candy or your wrap candy so they can have for the back. And also... Remember to pray for this. Pray hard for this homecoming. We, 
if you look around, at any given Sunday, we count, we have close to average of 45, 50 people every Sunday. But if you look around, you got different people just about every Sunday a lot of times. If we could get them all here at one time, we'd have a hundred and some people at church. You know? So let's just pray that we can just do our part to, to get people here so Brother Elvin can do his part, which he does and loves so much, is, is, is preaching and serving the word to the, to the people. All right. I don't think we have any other announcements. I think that covered everything. So I'm going to do the words from the word here. And remember, when I read, I read slow because I don't want just to spit it out to you. I want it to come into me too. So bear with me when I read. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is, his flesh in having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confessions of our hope with, without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaken and assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching.
All right. Good singing, good music, good words to that song. I'm going to let the uh, praise team step down and I'm going to pray for the service. I didn't do it a few minutes ago and I want to do it now for sure because that's very important. Not just for the speaker, but for us. Also in the fellowship hall, there's some cards out there. If y'all want to get some cards for the homecoming, pass those out to anybody you see. We'll welcome anyone, not just past people, but anyone that wants to come serve the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this time you've allowed us to gather here. Lord, we just ask that you would cleanse us of our sin. Any sin that we have among us, Lord, we just pray that you'll take it away from us. Cleanse us, Lord, so you can come close to us, Lord. We want to hear the word that you have in store for us. Please be with our speaker. Bless him, Lord, with the words coming from heaven, Lord, that can be spread out amongst all of us so we can learn and live our lives according to your words. Thank you, God, for this church. Thank you for the people that's gathered here, the ones that couldn't gather here, Lord. We pray that you would be with the sick, be with anyone that has any issues that keeps them from gathering here and serving you, Lord. Thank you for all the blessings you've given us. Praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And now I would like to have Brother Mark Gates come up and spread the word to us. Thank you, brother. No, sir. No, sir. Praise God. So just kind of give me a wave back there. I, I guess the Lord loves the folks in the back too. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I appreciate uh, being with you today. Uh, we just bring you greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, and on behalf of my wife, Lynn, who's uh, recovering from pneumonia, so keep her in your prayers. Uh, but uh, we just greet you and uh, we... We're just excited to be here with you. I'm always um, so appreciative of Brother Elvin. He's, uh, I mean, you're really blessed with a uh, fine pastor. And uh, to keep, keep pastors in prayer, you know, there's thousands of ministers leaving the uh, pastorate every month. And so uh, we really need to hold up our pastors and uh, their wives and their families and, uh, and pray that God would help us to cooperate with them. Amen. And then don't shout me down now. Don't 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 shout me down. But uh, but you know, but you've got a fine uh, man of God that God has blessed you with. And so uh, we just thank God for Pastor Elvin. Uh, Terry, thank you for the kind words as well. Uh, I would like to say a couple of things before I get started. Uh, I'm the executive director of New Strength Ministries. There is a table in the back. And I want to ask you to maybe pick up a flyer. We also have a, a bookmark back there. I think we gave you some uh, last time we were here. And I'm going to ask you to recite that uh, verse of scripture on the back of it because I asked you to memorize that. Yeah, uh, I mean, not really. Uh, just testing you, right? But um, but we, we're uh, actually beginning to uh, to take uh, a huge step of faith. I've committed our ministry to uh, actually more than what our uh, regular budget is for the ministry to a fund. Uh, to put a well in northern Kenya, uh, and um, I don't know much about putting a well here in Johnston County, and so you can imagine when you put somebody like me 
uh, answering the call of God to put a well in 8,000 miles away, 16 hours by car out of Nairobi into a, a desert area. Uh, it's, uh, it, it actually will take God to do that. So please be praying for us and, um, and that God will help us to know how to navigate those things and the right people to come in contact with. Uh, we've already got missionaries being trained uh, in Nairobi, three men that, that will be going up in that area. One of them actually uh, uh, is not a Kenyan, one's from Ethiopia, and he'll be joining that team to go up there. We've got guys being trained. Uh, the church there is raising some of the money. We're raising the other part of it. And uh, so please keep us in prayer as we do that, in addition to feeding 500 kids a week uh, there. And uh, it's just, uh, it's beyond me. And, uh, but, so each month God provides for us to do those things. And uh, we've planted two other churches. And so uh, it's a busy time in ministry, to say the least. Uh, amen. And, uh, and so uh, uh, also today, uh, before I get into the Word, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And uh, even if it's difficult, if you can't stand, I understand that. But, um, you know, uh, our world is on fire and uh, Israel, as you, many of you saw uh, uh, just a, a day uh, ago, uh, what happened with the attack on that country. And, you know, and, uh, we know that Israel is God's chosen people. And uh, so we, uh, we want to stand with Israel more than just say, hey, I stand with Israel. And, uh, but we want to uh, just hold them up with prayer that their leadership, uh, I know they've got more boldness than our leadership does, but we don't want to just be with words. But let's pray for them that, uh, that Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, would rest upon that nation. Shall we pray? Uh, Father God, we thank you for Jesus. And Lord, we just come here today to honor you. And we're so grateful, Lord, that we can call upon the name of the Lord. And so, Lord, right now, your people, you are aware of the attack that they're under. We pray, first of all, God, that you would comfort those that have been injured, comfort those whose families that have been uh, taken hostage and are murdered, God. Uh, we don't know how you do it, but God, we know that when you show up, things change. And so, God, we just pray that you would comfort them and that you would bring peace to them. And Lord, I pray today that you would make a way where there seems to be no way. I pray, Father, that you would bring peace. Let Jesus uh, be their, their shield. Let Jesus be their banner. Let Jesus be the one that protects them. And, Father, I pray, Lord, that what the enemy has intended for evil, that you would turn it for good. Lord, help their leadership know how to, na to, know how to navigate that. And I pray, Lord, that you would even quicken the leadership hearts uh, in the United States. And, God, that we would uh, just come back to a place of repentance in partnership with Israel, and we pray this in Jesus' name, and all the church said amen. If you'll remain standing, I'd like to read just a few verses of Scripture out of the book of Joshua, and we'll uh, honor the reading of God's Word by standing in reverence. Uh, in Joshua chapter 1, there's nine verses I'd like to share with you, and in Joshua chapter 1, it says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, My servant is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. 
from the wilderness of this Lebanon to the far and great river, the river Euphrates, and the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now listen to this admonition of the Lord. He says, your responsibility is only to be strong and very courageous that you may observe and do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand nor to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Amen. Before I get into this message, I want to just make a couple of statements that has been bothering me or has been on my heart. You know, as followers of Jesus Christ, you know, we have not been called to sit back on our seats of do-nothing. You know, unfortunately, the church, I mean, in some ways, the church has done a great job at getting people to believe in Jesus, but we've done a very poor job when it comes to getting people to commit to Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. The word Lord, when the Bible says call upon the name of the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved, that word Lord is a managerial term and it means to be the ruler or the overseer of our lives. Simply put, that means when you come to Jesus Christ and we recognize that we are a sinner and yes, Christ died for our sins and we repent of our sins, that now we are no longer in charge of our own lives. But Jesus is supposed to be in charge of our lives. We're not called to sit back and do nothing. We're not called to be sad, sick, and sorry, sitting around until Jesus is coming back. And guess what? He is coming back. You can look at Israel even yesterday and see the clock is quickly moving to the midnight hour of Jesus' return. And yet in the meantime, there is still something that God has called us to do. And that thing that he has called us to do is to move forward. And not only to move forward, uh, you know, as people that are just, you know, Eeyore on, uh, on Winnie the Pooh, you know, just, oh, I'm just so sad and so I'm, I'm waiting until Jesus comes. But he has called us to move forward specifically in victory. We are called to move forward. And sometimes when we read this, this passage of Scripture, we think this is a, a sermon for young people. It's like a youth service, and, and we're all young at heart, but, but this is really for the church of Jesus Christ. So I want to ask today a question to you, and the question is very simply, what is God putting into your heart to do for the kingdom of God? I believe that God wants us to dare to dream a dream that is so big that there's no way we can accomplish it unless God steps right there into the middle of it. 
I believe that God has also put something in our hearts that the devil doesn't want to be there. You know, when you come to Christ, you know, how many understand you really didn't have any problems until you came to Jesus Christ? Have you noticed that? You ever noticed you were just kind of going along, you know, just living the dream, what you thought was the dream, and you realized you needed a Savior, you turned from your sins, and then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose in your life. That's because it is breaking loose in your life. Because, see, even non-Christians have something that God has implanted in them. Just like you, as a Christian, you're recognizing that God has implanted something inside of you. It's an anointing of the Holy Spirit of God to be doers of the Word, to take back ground that the devil has taken. And the devil doesn't want you to know that. And so he's going to try to send every onslaught that he can to try to get you to be too, you know, busy and, and shot over here and running over there and caught up in this and caught up in that because he knows that as a child of God when you realize that you are called to move from victory to victory that he's going to attack your family he's going to attack your grandkids he's going to come against your health he's going to come against your church and yet we've got to understand that there is a call of God inside of us that the gates of hell cannot prevail against it amen and so in Jeremiah chapter 1 Jeremiah put it like this He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. And so the enemy's trying to steal all this anointing from you because he knows that if you stay diligent enough and you stay on your knees and you stay before God, that that kid that is wandering away from God is going to turn back to Jesus Christ. He knows that you're going to make an impact in this community and you're going to see people come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's why it's so important for us to humbly seek the guidance of God. It's still important for the church to take up our cross daily and follow Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you this question again. What is God putting into your heart? I wonder what God has placed into the heart of Friendly Chapel Church. You know, sometimes we look so forward to the homecoming coming up and then we, we remember all these wonderful memories of the past. Thank God for the past, but God is not in the past. Amen. 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 Hey, Friendly Chapel's church's best days are in front of you. Amen. I mean, we've got a community. You know, we're not a Christian nation anymore. We've got a community that is unchurched. You want to see the harvest field, you don't have to go to Kenya. I wish you would come to Kenya with me. You don't have to go to Kenya, but guess what? You can step right out the door. You go right up here at 40 and 210, and there's apartments, and there's a big subdivision. The majority of those people are unchurched, and they need somebody to reach out to them. So I'm wondering what God has put into the heart of this church. I wonder so many times what God has put into the heart of Pastor Elvin Butts. You know, God has placed a vision in his heart for this church. You know, and, and there comes a point in time where we have to stop remembering when the church was across the street. Oh, my goodness, I almost, almost stepped in it right there then. You've got to stop remembering when the church was across the street. The church isn't across the street anymore. We're right here. And God has placed in this church a pastor who has a vision that God has given him. And we've got to stop resisting those things and partner with him. Don't shout me down now, right? Amen. I mean, I don't have to come back, right? I'm okay. I got a job to go to tomorrow. You know, I'm fine. But God has a vision for us. And if we can get into our hearts today that God is calling us to the mission field. 
It might be the mission field of your home or your marriage. You know, maybe God's calling you to step back towards your husband or your wife. To step to that wayward child, the homeless ones in Cleveland. Those that are caught up on fentanyl. Those that are bound by addiction. Our neighborhood, the apartment complex that I've already mentioned. The bottom line is God is causing, calling us to push forward. Amen. Can you say push forward with me? Push forward. Amen. And so here, there's three things that I see that God is calling victorious people to. You know, it, you know when uh, Joshua steps up to the plate to be God's man, he has three things that are really pushing against him. He's almost 90 years old. Can you imagine? 90 years old, you're going to do the greatest ministry you've ever done in your life. 90 years old. You know, he could, that, that's a pretty, pretty admirable excuse, I guess, or reason to not do some things, being 90 years old. Can I tell you, even the New Strength Ministry, some of our biggest fundraisers for Bibles are 88, 90-year-old people. I mean, <laughs> you know, you're never too old is what I'm saying. But he's 90 years old. The culture around him hates him. The culture around him has better armies and bigger armies, trained armies, than he does. Then the third thing that's tough for him is he's following a popular leader. I'll tell you as a pastor, someone who's pastored for 30 years, is that, you know, if you have to go into a church and somebody's been there a long time, I mean, God help you. I mean, it's tough following somebody that's been in, entrenched, uh, not entrenched, but there for a long time. Don't take that the way I meant it, right? <laughs> right? It's tough. It seems like everything's going against him. It seems like all the odds are against him, but can I say, but God. And you might be here today thinking that everything, there's, there's this call in your life, and you know that God's wanting you to do something. It may not be pastor in a church, but it just might be being, being a faithful member. You know God's called you to do something. It seems like everything against you. Can I tell you, but God. God hasn't forgotten you because he's the one that placed the call upon your life. <laughs> Amen. And I see here that there's three things that victorious people have. If you want to step into God's promises, this is one of the things that you have to do. The first one is you must become a person of prayer. And I want to tell you, you know, most churches pray, but most churches aren't a praying church. Most people pray. I've got a, a cousin of mine. She said, does anybody else have this prayer ADD that when you lay down to say your prayers that you like wander off? You know, prayer is more than just now I lay me down to sleep. Prayer is travailing. Prayer is holding on even when the answer doesn't seem to be there. But if you want to have victory in your life, we've got to become people of prayer. And we've got to act like we've got the victory too. If you look at verse 1, he says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua. See, prayer is about communion with God. And, you know, and I think sometimes the reason we have so much trouble doing things for God is we really haven't heard from God. We want to do the convenient things. We want to do the things that we've always done. But instead of doing what God has told us to do, we're so busy doing so many other things. We haven't heard from God. That means we run ahead of God. We've, not, we've heard from everyone else, but we've not heard from God. And I'm, I'm convinced if you want your marriage to change, 
you got to connect to God in prayer. If you want your business to change, you got to connect to God in prayer. You want this church to change, you got to connect to God in prayer. Prayer protects us. It draws us closer to God. It gives us hope. It changes everything. Can I say that? I mean, prayer changes everything. Prayer works. When you pray in the name of Jesus, something's going to change. Something's going to move. God's going to show up. (laughs) Amen. And some of you, it's been so long since God showed up. But can I tell you, call upon the name of the Lord Jesus. Come into agreement. God's going to show up. As a matter of fact, I read a uh, a medical journal the other day in this place called Central State Healthcare. They were talking about psychological benefits of prayer. Now, you know, it's one thing for a, a preacher to stand up here and say prayer changes things, but when you get the secular people starting to agree that when people pray, things, things change, there's got to be something to it. Wouldn't you agree? He said, it, it went on to say that, that they studied people that some people didn't pray and some others in the hospital did pray. And all of a sudden, they begin to notice the level of stress of the people that were praying or someone that would come in and pray with them. Their stress levels begin to come down. Anxiety begin to dissipate. Their their outlook on life begin to be more positive. Can you imagine that? Well, God's never done anything for me. Well, maybe you need to pray. Amen. Amen. Or maybe if, if you're going, if it's that bad, get somebody that believes with you to pray with you. It changes things. Jesus said these words. He says, ask of me. Seek me and you'll find me. Knock and it shall be open unto you. I read another journal, a study in 19, uh, 2015. It talked about when people pray that it begins to, and I won't try to impress you with my biological terms of reading these things because I can't pronounce them. But there's a lobe in your brain that has to do with how you, your outlook on, on life. Because, you know, when you're going through things, you're aware of everything around you. Everyone's against me. I'm in pain. I'm, I'm suffering. I don't make light of any of that stuff. But this study talked about when people prayed that the dark side of that sensory lobe began to get darker. And the other side, their outlook on life began to become more brighter because they were focused on something greater than themselves. They were focused on, they never said Jesus, but they were focused, in our case, we're focusing on Jesus, right? And all of a sudden, they, many of them were coming out of this depression in their life because they were people of prayer. And if we're going to step into God's promises, maybe on Wednesday night we need to get back to having some prayer meetings. Amen. And let our kids come in here with us and see that when we need an answer, it's not about one group coming on one Sunday, another group coming on another, not picking on anybody that's doing that. I'm just saying, but maybe we gather around and we don't leave until we hear from God. Amen. Amen. Because when when the fire breaks out in the altar, people are going to come to the fire, right? Amen. It's like my, one of my grandsons says, he, he loves a fire truck, but he always wants them to, uh, to flash the lights, and he wants them, woo, woo, woo. He wants to hear the siren, right? And he wants to go see what comes about. And when we pray and we hear from God, guess what? Woo, woo, woo. He's coming, right? Jesus is coming. Amen. See, the prayer closet is where God gives us wisdom. 
The prayer closet is what breaks the yokes, gives us peace and direction. There's a, there's a passage of Scripture, and you can read it sometime, but in Acts 16, you might remember the story. Because I think what happens is, is, uh, is sometimes we are so busy doing things. Any, anybody busy? And, I, and I've just been doing a, a mental inventory myself, and it seems like we're doing everything we want to do. We never say no to ourselves. But in Acts chapter 16, Paul is down in this little town, and, uh, and he's doing some things. And see, you see, the whole thing is, if, if the devil can keep you busy, then you're going to be barren in your life. If we get so busy and caught up that we don't have time to pray, we, our ministry is going to be barren. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. I've never led anybody to the Lord. Well, we're busy, caught up doing everything but praying, right? And so Paul, I was reading this again this morning because it just, it just intrigued me. But he's, he goes down there, and you know what happens? He cast a demon out of a girl. And as a result of that, you know what happened to Paul? He got thrown in prison. But you know what happened? And that seems like a good thing that Paul did, that he cast out this demon out of this girl. I mean, that, that sounds like just a an admirable thing to do. But if you go back up in verse 16, you know why? You know what the devil did? The devil sent him a distraction. And I've, I've read the Bible through many times, and, I, and I, just, I just came to this revelation. But in verse 16, it, you know, every day they were, going, they were going up to the temple to pray. And it says in verse 16, it says, As we went to the temple for prayer... You know what the devil does? He says, I know what happens. If that man gets in there and starts praying, he's going to tear this whole town up. The Lord's going to show up, and it's going to tear this whole town up. And eventually it did. As we went to the temple to pray, the devil, you know what he does? He sends this demon-possessed girl, and it sounds like such a good thing. What would you do today, Brother Mark? I cast the devil out of somebody. And God wanted me over here. He wanted me to pray. Nothing wrong with casting the devil out. I've done it many times. Nothing wrong with that. But you know what? The most important thing was getting alone with God and hearing what God had to say, going in the direction that God had in our lives. The devil sends him a distraction. Busy, busy, busy. And it landed him in jail, and it cost him something very strong in his life. The second thing, not only are we a people of prayer, but we've got to be people of the word. People of the word. Amen. Can I call this church to do something? Pastor Elvin, I know you watch this, and I'm asking you forgiveness right now. Right? I want to ask you in the next 30 days. We just started this month. Can you commit to just reading the New Testament in 30 days? Anybody? Would maybe try? Just try. If you don't do it, I mean, we're not going to throw eggs at you or anything like that. Just try. Just try to do it. And not only just read, but try to get you a verse of Scripture. That, that bookmark out there has a verse of scripture on it. Paste it to, or tape it to the sun visor of your vehicle, and every day just get in there. Memorize you. Get your word down into your heart. The word of God changes things, is what I'm trying to tell you. And when people start coming, you start doing this outreach in this community and in foreign missions. And so if people start coming, they've got to have people around that, that, that have heard a word from the Lord. Look at this in verse 7. He says, only be strong and very courageous. 
that you may observe to do according to all the law which uh, Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You want good success, you got to be in the Word of the Lord. I ask you to commit to 30 days of just reading the Bible. Just 30 days. Just cut Fox News. Cut Fox News off. Maybe you just need a fast from Fox News, right? Just CNN especially. But, uh, sorry. It, it just comes up and out sometimes. Right? Because this stuff is just, it, it, it's, it's affecting us. And, and Ezra, you know, when, when Israel got carried into captivity after 70 years, God delivered them. And they, they come back and so said, they've got this uh, young boy named Ezra. You know, he's going to try to teach the people the ways of God. And you can look in your index sometime and find where Ezra is in the Bible and, and read it. But in Ezra, I think we've got the scripture up here in Ezra verse 10. It says, when they came back, that Ezra had to prepare his heart. It says he had to prepare his heart to seek the law of the Lord. He had to seek the law of the Lord so he could do the law of the Lord, right? How can you know the will of the Lord if you never read the book, right? Amen? How do you know what you need to walk away from and what you need to run to if you never read the book? He had to train himself. He had to, he had to study the word of the Lord. And it says this. It says to do it and so he could also teach the statutes, of God. How many's got a grandmama or an older person that was once in your life that knew the Bible? You just said, My grandmama was a godly lady. And I, like you, maybe you, you'll fight them if they say something negative about your grandmama. Anybody got like a, a just a God fearing grandpa or somebody in your life, right? And, and you know why you remember stuff about them like that? It's because they, they won't go vary from that book one iota. They won't go, you think you're going to do that on Sunday? Ain't no way. Ain't no way. You know, I wanted to do something one time. I wanted to try something when I was a, a boy, a teenager growing up. And my mama said this word. She said, go ask your daddy. Because I knew old Walter, he won't going to budge on it. See? I said, I, we don't need to ask dad. Because dad, dad's stance was going to be right there on the word of the Lord. And I say it maybe in jest, but it's literally about turning that word over in your life, getting that word in your life, and just meditating. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story real quick. What, what time do I need to stop? I ain't worried about it. Okay? But, you know, you know it means that, you know, we're peculiar people. The Bible says we are peculiar. Not, not choir, but peculiar, right? Okay? And so it means to, just to, to reiterate the word of the Lord over and over in our lives. And so, um, you know, sometimes... You know, anybody heard that song, I Raise a Hallelujah? Whew, man, I tell you. Well, so when that song comes on, I, I mean, I'm getting, you know, got my Shonda on. You know, I'm, I'm riding, staring with the, you know, staring with the, you know, with, with my knee, just praise the Lord. And people come up to me like, what's wrong with you? You know, it's, it's, it's me and Jesus, you know, like this. So I pulled up to a stoplight the other day and I heard it. All this, and I heard all this foul language, and this girl was doing the same thing. 
And I was looking over on it, and she wrote her one. She said, I mouthed to her, I mouthed some words to her. She rolled the window down like, you know, she was going to fight. What did you say? I said, Jesus loves you. Next thing, she just reached over, and she turned that radio off. All that profanity. I'm just talking about the word of the Lord makes a difference in our lives, right? Amen. And I thank God for it. There's a connection about reading the word and hearing from God. Weird people sometimes. But guess what? We have come to see the works of the devil destroyed. Not only are we people of prayer, we're people of the word. Last thing is we've got to be bold. Look at verse 6. It says, Be strong and of good courage, for this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now listen, anytime God says something, we should listen to it, right? But when, when God says something in the same passage twice, we kind of need to sit up. If he says it the third time, we need to lean into it. This is, is exactly what happens. Look at verse 7. He says, only be strong. Here it is again. He said, your, he said, your job, I'm giving it to you. The victory is yours through me. I'm giving it to you. Your job, and the job of Friendly Chapel Church, is just to be bold and to be strong and to be courageous. Just have some guts for Jesus, right? He says, very courageous that you may observe to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Now look here in verse 9. He says, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So guess what God's telling him to do? To be bold and be courageous and be strong, right? That's exactly what he's saying. But see, there's always a few things that keeps us from walking in this victory, the things that God has called us to do. The first thing that we've got to battle is we've got to battle against the vision, right? You try to start doing something as a church, guess what? Pastors hate to hear, we've never done it that way before. All right? But there's always division. The there's no one in this room that's another person's enemy. If you're a child of God, we're on the same side. Amen? Amen? Amen. So let's have some cooperation. Amen. Say cooperation with me, right? Cooperation. I, I thought I heard it. Right? It'll cause you to lose focus. Second thing is, you know, the churches sometimes struggle with trying to get the culture to like you. Guess what? The culture does not like you. Jesus said, if they hate me, they're going to hate you. Amen. So let me just give you that blast from the word. Amen. Amen. You know, right now we can't hardly tell the Christians from the non-Christians. You know, I'm hearing up pastors won't have meetings at the bar. No, that ain't God's way, okay? Man, I feel like I'm drowning right now. Okay, right? Say, I love you, Brother Mark. Amen. And then we are afraid of persecution. But again, if they persecuted Jesus, they're going to persecute you. We've already begun to see persecution. Most of the stuff the church has encountered in the States has really been more inconvenience. Persecution's coming. And if you don't think so, they're after our kids in school. You make a stand. And a friend of mine I work with lives in Sanford. Her grandchild got off the bus the other day. 
and because she wouldn't call a little girl who was wanting to be a boy in sixth grade a little, what did I say, girl, whatever, the other sex, that child is, and they're fighting that thing. That's right here in Sanford. So, so don't think, don't think it's not coming, right? Right? I mean, this gender thing is the biggest, going to be the biggest attack against the church that you've seen. Okay? Uh, but persecution's coming. They're, they've already locked up people for just praying silently outside of abortion clinics. But we go up sometimes to the abortion clinic up in, uh, in Raleigh, and we silently pray outside. And if you don't think that it's full of hatred and evil, you go up there one Saturday, 40, 40 Saturdays out of the year. It's going on up there from about uh, 10 to 12 every Saturday in, uh, right off of Lake Boone Trail. You ought to go up there and see. Trust me, persecution's coming if you're going to stand for right. But guess what? We're going to win, right? Yeah. Amen. We're going to win. We're going to win. We're not going to try to get the world to like us if they persecute us. Uh, I just read a story about a missionary in a foreign country. He, he was in a, in a little town having no success. They said, if you preach one more message... Uh, uh, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to put you in jail. He went to the pulpit. He preached to his five congregation. They came in and arrested him. And now I understand that prison's actually being just overcome with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's, they asked him, did he want to get out? He said, no, I'm having more success in ministry in prison than I was outside of prison. So, yeah, amen. That sounds real preaching, real easy to do until it happens, Right. And uh, so I'm just trying to tell you, we're not afraid. Uh, we can't be afraid of persecution. So let me close like this. Where does boldness come from then? I think that's a good question. If victorious people are people of prayer, we're, uh, you know, we're people of, of the word, and, you know, and, and you know, we just believe in God for all these things, then where does boldness come from? The first place it comes from is the presence of God, Right? And so my prayer today as we get ready to close is I'm praying that God will let boldness rise up inside of us. Amen. Verse 9 says, have I not commanded you? See, I'm wanting to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. He said, be strong. Why is this so important? Why is it so important that we become so bold? It's because our world is full of hopelessness. I was up at Sheets at Garner the other, other day, one day this week. I can't remember what day it was. And, um, and so I went in there. I hadn't even planned to stop in there, but I liked it, that 99-cent tea. And so I went in there, and, uh, and the lady, we kind of did this thing at who's getting to the ice thing first, and I yielded to her. And she said, thank you. She said, I'm just having a day. And I felt this boldness of the Lord come up inside of me that I needed to just say something to her. The presence of God is, it, it, you can't see him, but he's tangible. And, uh, you know, and you know when he's there. And I said, uh, and we just, I, you know, I always do this little churchy thing, you know. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm blessed, you know. But I don't do that. I say, hey, I thank God every day for another day. And she, she stopped and looked at me. She's walking. She just stopped and looked at me. She said, really? I said, yeah. She said, I needed to hear that. So right then I knew it was that divine appointment. So we talked a little bit and got a problem with her daughter, one of her daughters and, you know, just hopelessness. And I said, Could, she said, keep me in your prayers. I said, no, ma'am, I won't. I said, but I'll pray with you right now. So standing right there in front of the, the slushy machine, 
you know, we just joined hand, and people were all around. And man, I just felt the boldness, the presence of God. I, I felt like all of a sudden where there was no hope, all of a sudden the, the Prince of Hope had just stood right there yeah. and took her hand. We just began to pray in the name of Jesus. And I it wasn't just, God, help us, Lord, let's just do it. No, I mean, we were praying. God, I, God, I'm praying the joy of the Lord to be her strength. I, Lord, I just pray that you would show up and show out, you know, just to do all this stuff. And when I, 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 I lifted one eye like this, you know, to look around, and everybody in that aisle was just, they had their heads bowed. It stopped the whole aisle at the slushing machine for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? I'm telling you, God is a, is a real God. And you don't have to be me to do that. God's called. You remember I started out this whole thing that there's a call of God in your life? And just, just the boldness just to do, I recognize this is God's presence. You know, and you know how you can tell it's God's presence? Because when you got that weird feeling, if I do that, they're going to think I'm so crazy. If I do that, they're going to think I'm, some, you know, I'm wanted by the law for attacking people or something like that. You know, typically, that's the devil trying to tell you that so you won't do what God called you to do. Amen? Amen. Praise God. But you see... I'm finding out that a lot of churches are full of hopelessness. See, the message of the cross isn't about men looking at us or our ministry or our church. The message of the cross is still about Jesus Christ born of a virgin, living a sinless life, one who walked up Calvary's mountain. No one took his life. He said, this one power I have, I have the power to lay my life down. And on the third day, I will rise, I will be raised up again. The message of the cross is about that if you don't have any hope today, Jesus Christ can be the author and the finisher of your faith. And he will walk with you. The message of the cross is about breaking the power of sin, pulling down strongholds, setting the captive free. Our families are even dying and going to hell, and we're standing back acting like we don't know what the presence of God is all about. Are we going to obey God or the world? We've got to have boldness. I want to close uh, with this. When I was in the seventh grade, I was a very small boy for my age. When I got my driver's license at 16, I was five foot three. I'm six two now. I was five foot three in the eleventh grade. Think about that for a minute on your bullying. Amen. In seventh grade, I weighed 63 pounds. I had to try to put weight on to wrestle at the 69-pound weight class. 63 pounds in the seventh grade. And uh, the bad thing about being, you know, my mother thought it was cute. But when you're 63 pounds in the seventh grade, for some reason, people like to slap you up alongside the head and knock your books out of your hand and do all that stuff. And I had this one kid that was... You know, and you, you become very aware of how to avoid those situations. That's why I have a mouth on me because, you know, I learned that young. You know, I'd tell you from where WM sitting back, I'd tell you this far about it, you know. You know, you won't, you know, <laughs> like that. So this kid, um, he come out. Uh, we had to move from one building to the next. And when I came out of that building, there he was. I, I had no place to run. And so when he called my name, I turned, and, you know, when kids turn, you, you know, it's either going to be good for you or not good for you. And, uh, and I, I felt like I wanted to run, but I knew, because there's a little girl there that I liked, had a little crush on her, I knew I couldn't run, so I had to either 
fight like a man or take it like a man. And about the time I turned around, he gave me a good one, and I flew back and hit the ground. I staggered a little bit, and I could see out of the corner of my eye this little girl was watching me, so if God would give me the strength, I was going to get up one more time. And so, I don't know, that might have been stupidity, I don't know, but anyway, I did it. And about that time, as I was trying to get up, I saw that kid fly just as hard as I did across the ground. And boom, man, he hit the ground harder than I did. And I looked up. We had a guy named Greg. He was on the eighth grade football team, and he was the biggest guy in the school. Well, unbeknownst to me, Greg had witnessed what had happened to me. And he didn't like that little boy being picked on. And he came over there and turned that kid around, popped him a good one. And when he did, man, I jumped up. Maybe I should have shut up. I didn't have the ability. I felt something well up inside of me because I was standing behind Greg, (laughs) right? Some of this, you know, amen. His glasses, he wore glasses, his glasses all, you know, cocked down like that. You see, there, there, there was a presence there that I wasn't aware of earlier. Can I tell you, we have one greater than, than Greg with us today. Can I tell you that there is the presence of the Almighty with you today? Can I tell you, I don't know what's in front of you, but can I tell you that Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you? He, he, told, he told Joshua the very same things. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It comes from the presence of God. And the sad thing is so many times we're in such a hurry. We're looking at everything around us. Everything is beating on us and knocking us down. We've lost our sense of direction and our hope. But today, your heavenly brother, Jesus, is standing in this place. And all you've got to do is say, God, I'm calling on the God of Jacob, Isaac. In Abraham. Father, today I'm calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And even if you sinned, there's no sin that is too great for him. Even if you have repeated the same sin, you're up and down. It's because you believed in, in Jesus, but you've not asked him to be your Lord. Today is a day where your heavenly brother is standing in this place. Maybe your body's racked with pain and sickness. Maybe the doctor has spoken no hope over you. Can I tell you, Jesus is here. Can I declare to you that if two shall agree as touching anything, it shall be done? Can I tell you that greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world? Can I tell you that Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you? Can I tell you that if God is for you, who can be against you? Amen. Can I also tell you, all things work together for good. That's not easy when you're staying, standing over the grave of a child. But can I, can I tell you that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose in Christ Jesus? Can I tell you that God will make a way where there seems to be no way? I just want to tell you, thank God for all the past. 
But I'm looking forward. And with the grace of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to step into the promises of God. And today and tomorrow are going to be better days than yesterday. And if they come and get me and put me in jail, just send me a Bible. Amen? I mean, I'm not saying don't pay, pay the bail. I'm just saying, <laughs> right, send me a Bible. But in the meantime, God, write that word on my heart. Amen. God loves you today. And I'm wondering if you're here in this place. And maybe it's been a long time since you've prayed. Maybe it's been a long time since you got into the word of the Lord. Maybe it's been a long time since you got away from all the distractions. Maybe you've got a sense of religion in your life, but you're just not born again. Maybe you're walked away from God. Maybe you're caught up in something you're not supposed to go. Did you know the statistics for the world being caught up in, in all these things that are going on is just as strong in the church as it is, is outside the church. But today's a new day. Today's a new day. Maybe that thing is beating you down. You just need to come and let Jesus fight that battle for you. Amen. I'm going to offer the altar to be open. I know the the choir had a, uh, the praise team had a song, but you know what? I just really feel like today would be a good day for us to maybe leave differently than when we, the way we came in. Don't you think? Wouldn't you like just to leave? Things would be better today. You know, I'm not saying that, that things won't always magically disappear. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying God's going to give me the strength to stand up and fight another day. Amen? Amen? And I'm going to praise Him anyway. But maybe today's the day to leave something here at this altar. Will you stand with me? I'm going to pray. And the invitation is very simple. If you need prayer in your life, you don't have to wait for me to pray or Brother Terry. I'm going to ask him to come. Terry, if you'll come as well. And, uh, you know, you don't have to wait for us to pray for you. You know, I, I want you to encounter Jesus, not me. Amen? And, uh, but maybe today something, or maybe you wanted to see just something change in a, in a very positive direction. You want to see the vision of God just come alive in this church. You know, maybe today's just a day to come and leave those things at the altar. So let me pray for you. When I say amen, we're going to come and we'll have one more closing prayer in this altar. Can we do it? Father God, thank you for your word. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that this church will be bold and courageous. Lord, that they would be strong in the Lord. I pray, God, that we won't remember that, that we just have to have a special day to fill this church up. Lord, I believe that there's enough people to be reached through these folks here that this church can be what you've called it to be. In the meantime, God, I just pray that you baptize in the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, that you would forgive sins. And, Lord, that people's bodies need to be healed, God. In the name of Jesus, by the stripes of Jesus, bring healing when people come in faith to this altar. We ask in Jesus' name. Now, listen, I know God can meet you right there where you are. But, you know, there's something about sometimes exercising just a little bit of faith. So if you'd like to leave something at this altar, will you join me? 
we, we just step right on down? Come on. Come on. Amen. We're going to leave it right here at the altar. You got some oil, brother? Amen. Amen. Yeah, I'm going to take some and you take some. I'm not going to do all the praying. Amen. 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 And I'll ask you if you're still standing back there to join hands with somebody. And let's pray for this church. Amen. I want to see revival break loose in this church. Amen. Amen. Father God, thank you for the name of Jesus. You can just start praying for folks, brother, and anoint them. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come and we just thank you, God, for what you're doing. Lord, give strength, Lord. Give healing, Lord. And right now, we're, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and that's what we're going to stand on. And we thank you for that, Lord. And Father, I just pray that you fill every person in this place with hope. I pray, Father, that you'd fill them with your spirit. I pray, God, that you would just give them a sense of cooperation for the ministry here, God. And, Lord, that you would bring people around, around them, Lord, and that you would sure this place up for your glory and honor. Lord, I pray for musicians in this place. I pray, God, for singers. I pray, God, for uh, faithful people, God. And, Lord, I just pray that it would start right here in this church. Lord, whether they're standing in this altar, Lord, touch my sister. Give her the strength that she needs, Lord, today. In Jesus' name, Lord, for what you're doing in her life, I'm so thankful that you're, that you're with her, God. In Jesus' name, you sent your word and healed them and delivered them from all destruction, God. In Jesus' name, Lord, help us to be godly people, Lord, I pray. In the name of Jesus, fill us with your spirit, God. I pray in the name of Jesus. And Lord, as, as the church stands here and we stand in agreement, Lord, we lift up our pastor, Lord, Pastor Elvin. And Sister Paula, God, and Lord, I just pray, God, give them a fresh anointing, Lord, and encourage them, God, I pray. And Lord, help them to be clear in their vision for this church. And Lord, I just praise you, Lord, for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you'll continue to do. And Lord, so we say again to this church, be bold and be strong in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Brother Terry. Did you want to close or okay?